Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. You may be seated. Woo! Tonight I'm going to be preaching a message called, un- called Competing Voices. Competing Voices. Man, I got to drink some water already. <laughs> competing voices there's so many competing voices in our in our country so many competing voices in the world right now competing voices is it just me or is it really difficult nowadays to avoid bad news come on is it really difficult right now to just avoid all the craziness going on in this world it's hard trying not to consume something unhealthy from the news reports to the to the to the bad data to the falsehoods to the to the slander and the calamities to I mean you name it corruption whoo there's so many competing voices nowadays organizations competing for your allegiance competing voices in the media you don't know what to believe Mm. yeah there's politicians competing for your vote there's companies competing for your dollars can I talk about that There are many competing and oftentimes conflicting voices being streamed to us through a constant feed on our phones, through TVs and stereos, through tablets and computers, even newspaper. You can't even go to the store without glancing at a newspaper with some sort of craziness. And the challenge is, these things are, these things are always marketed as truth. And so we consume them, believing that they'll lead us a little closer to the solutions of life, a little closer to the truths of life or some sort of solution to the problems in our world. Nowadays, they feed us a little bit of truth and they mix it with some lies, sprinkling a little ignorance and and hatred and you got a picture of our modern world. There's so many people consuming unhealthy garbage being fed to them by the minute. It's funny, that reminds me of a, a, a video I once watched. It was like 30 seconds. And I guess, I guess the, it was about a lady. I guess she was trying to get healthy. Um, and so I guess she hired a personal trainer. <laughs> Some of y'all probably seen it. I guess she, it was, maybe it was her accountability partner. <laughs> so the video starts off and she's, she's kind of like hiding. And she got a box of pizza. And she takes a bite of the pizza. <laughs> Blake seen it. <laughs> she takes a bite of the pizza and out of nowhere, this dude, I mean, he was really, he was kind of big too. Boom, just tackles her out of nowhere. Boom, and they, and, she, and they both roll over some garbage bags into the street. It was hilarious. And she wasn't hurt, so I, I didn't feel bad when I laughed. It was crazy, out of nowhere. Boom, she gets back up. He tackles her again. Boom, and, and, and he's saying something the whole time. I promise you it was funny. But the whole time, he's, he's, he's shouting something. She gets back up, and she's like, ah, boom, tackles her again. And he's saying, eat healthy, eat healthy. Eat healthy. Listen, if you ever trained with me, then you should be happy I never incorporated his tactics into my training with you. He's like, eat healthy. Eat healthy. Eat healthy. <laughs> That's prophetic, ain't it? Eat healthy. <laughs> you trying to get in shape. Woo. But I get a picture of our modern world, and sometimes I feel like tackling people because they're eating some unhealthy things that they know are not the solution. They're eating and consuming so many, so many unhealthy things. They're eating so much garbage. I just want to run up on them like that personal trainer. I just want to tackle them and say, be holy. Be holy. You want the solutions? Be holy. Be holy. 
Be holy. Hallelujah. You want the answers? Be holy. What would our world look like if people all could, could just, for a moment, like, if we could just be holy? I'm pretty sure her personal trainer has shouted, eat healthy before. But that voice inside of her telling her, eat that pizza. <laughs> when the shouts of the crowd grow louder than your spiritual convictions, you may end up making bad decisions. When the shouts of the crowd, when the shouts of the people, when the shouts of the organizations, when the shouts of the politicians, when they grow, when they grow louder than your spiritual convictions, then you may end up making some poor choices. So my main text is Luke 23, 18 to 25. We're going to jump into this thing, but I need like two minutes. I need y'all to listen to the context. There's so much going on. I need just a few minutes. Luke 23, 18 to 25. So I'm just going to give a quick backdrop. So, so, so each of the four Gospels, this is, this is talking about the, the trial of Jesus Christ right before he gets crucified. Each of the four Gospels record an account of Jesus uh, his trial in which they give a unique insights on how it all unfolded. The scripture is usually reserved for Passion Week or Good Friday right around Easter time, but I was led to this passage because of the parallels to modern day. In the days in which Jesus lived, the relationship between the Romans and the Jews was very fragile, and these events took place in, in Jerusalem where a bunch of, of, of Gentiles and Jews gathered to celebrate the week-long festival of Passover. The Jews and the Gentiles in Jerusalem, uh, they, they were under Roman rule uh, of the Roman Empire, had a, a rule over them, and the chief priests and the elders of the Jewish leaders, they didn't tolerate any type of violations to Jewish law or disturbances, so Jesus was a problem. The Jewish and Roman relations uh, started to get kind of shaky here, and that's what we're going to read about. For some time, the chief priests and the scribes, uh, they had been plotting on how they could arrest Jesus by trickery and kill him. Mm, a little scandalous here. The Jewish leaders take exception to Jesus being the son of God. And they arrest him and put him on trial for so-called blasphemy. The Jewish leaders kind of already had a little mini trial. And they can't kill him due to the law. And so they take him to Pontius Pilate, who's the Roman prefect or the governor of, the, of, of, the, of Judah at the time. And so the... the <laughs> The scribes and the, and, and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they, they were, they were kind of tricky. See, they knew Pilate wouldn't kill Jesus over a claim of blasphemy because he wasn't Jewish, so they turned it into a, into a political, political thing. Huh. Oh, so they lie and say Jesus forbids them to pay tribute to Caesar, and, and, and Jesus stirs up the people. That's, they lying on Jesus. And, and see, then Pilate sees through what the Jewish leaders are trying to, trying to say. He sees through their schemes, and so Pilate finds no fault with Jesus, and he sends him to Herod, who actually has jurisdiction over Jesus. Herod is, is, is the tetrarch or the, the ruler of the Jews. And so Herod had never seen Jesus before. He just heard about him. So he just wanted to see Jesus do miracles. Jesus stays silent. He's like, bro, you ain't even worthy of my, my voice. Herod gets upset. He gets annoyed. He finds no fault in Jesus. So he mocks him and sends him back to Pilate. And now this gets to our text where uh, there's a trial going on. And this trial should have been handled rather privately. But it's about to be a full-on riot and full public display. This brings us to the text, the competing voices of Pilate and the unruly crowd. I'm going to go ahead and read that text real quick. Y'all ready? All right. Luke 23, 18 to 25, it says, Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd, 
And with one voice, they shouted, kill him and release Barabbas to us. Kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection, kind of like a riot in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time, he demanded, why? What crime has he committed? I found no reason to sentence him to death, so I will have him flogged. I mean, he's like beaten down to a pope. Uh, and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. Their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder, but he turned Jesus over to them to do as he wished. Oh, man. Well, listen, just because they shouting doesn't mean you have to listen. Just because they shouting does not mean that you have to listen. And besides, you can't please everybody. Now, I know some of you oversay people's like, yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Chill, chill, relax. This ain't for you. <laughs> Multiple times, Pilate says, he's innocent, he's innocent. He found no guilt in Jesus that deserved death. He proclaims Jesus' innocence to the crowd, and they shout back louder, crucify him. Wait a minute, it was all good just a week ago, right? Like, a week ago, they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, praising the highest. It was all good, right? Like, they were convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, the king of the Jews, and now in Mark 15, 11, it says the chief priests stirred up the crowd. They stirred up the crowd. Oh, they tried to amp them up. They tried to pump up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. And so the shouts grew louder and louder. And, 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 and Pilate, the military leader, turned into a coward. He releases Barabbas and hands Jesus over to their will. Hmm, but you can't please everybody. See, Pilate is pleasing the people, thinking he's going to find peace by giving them what they want. He's trying to prevent an uprising. See, Pilate, he can't afford to have a revolt or a riot on his watch because then Caesar would relieve him of his duties as prefect of Judah. So he's, he's just like, yo, let me just make them happy. Let me give them what they want. But in doing so, he goes against his own convictions. Has anybody ever done that? You ever went against your own convictions? That don't feel good, right? That's not pleasing to the Lord. Come on, when you go against your own convictions. And Pilate, he goes against that voice telling him that Jesus is innocent. He goes the other way. He had to go against what would please him in order to please the people. See, sometimes in order to please everybody, you have to do things that don't please you. The danger is if you're a Christian and you're trying to please everybody, you may have to go against your spiritual convictions. And you don't want those, you don't want those problems with so many competing voices competing for your heart, competing for your mind, competing for your time. In 2020, this is not the time to be out here people pleasing. This is the time to be standing firm in the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Listen, if you ain't pleased with me, it kind of is what it is. I, I'll do what I can to be a blessing to you. But at the end of the day, if you're not pleased with me, I'm good. I can still sleep. I'm okay. I know that I tried. I know that I'm doing an honor to my father no matter what it costs. But not everybody going to be out here agreeing with you or pleased with you. You got to understand what I'm saying. I just want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, that's what I'm in this thing for. Does anybody want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? Hallelujah. 
The people I'm most concerned about pleasing are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's going to be people out here jeering against our convictions and beliefs with proudful shouts and crowds that mock us. But we can't let that influence our choices. We will be remembered by the choices we make in 2020. We will be remembered by the choices we make, the things we say, the things we do, the things we don't say. Forget all the competing voices. They cannot and they must not be louder than our spiritual convictions. I stand for the Lord. Your voice will not be louder than my spiritual convictions. I'm on God's side. Your voice will not be louder. Somebody just got to tell the crowd, excuse me, can y'all please quiet down? I'm trying to listen to the voice of the king. Excuse me. I hear you over there making that racket. I hear you saying this. I see them. I hear them saying this. I hear them saying that. I hear you, shorty. I hear them. Y'all making a lot of noise. I hear y'all. But, 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 but Jesus says, whoo. I hear you making this noise and that noise and this racket. But Jesus, Jesus says, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I'm sorry, can y'all quiet down? I'm trying to listen to the voice of Jesus. Just because they shouting don't mean you have to listen. When chaos ensues, call on Christ. Call on Jesus. Think about this scene for a minute. In our scripture, it's pure madness. Think about what's, what's going on, it's total disorder. You got the governor, Pilate, the governor is being governed by the crowd. The crowd is being governed by the chief priests and the elders. The chief priests and the elders are being governed by Satan. The prisoner in jail for starting riots, causing chaos and, and murder is set free and the innocent author of life who should be set free is crucified. That's chaos. Hmm. That's chaos. All because Pilate couldn't resist the shouts of the crowd. What mistakes have we made because we couldn't resist the shouts of the crowd? The shouts of the crowd can't, go can't grow louder than our spiritual convictions. We have to be governed by the voice of God. We got to seek his voice. The spirit of God will lead us into all truths. This is the type of chaos that also goes on inside our minds. Even believers, it's more, it's more than just visible people physically shouting. It's a spiritual battle. That's why we work so hard before the preaching to get you in the spirit because it's a spiritual battle and some people got some strongholds that they're trying to hide. But if only you would call on the voice of the risen king. You got the spirit versus your flesh. Woo! It could be chaos going on inside of your mind and if you can't differentiate the voice of the spirit or the voice of the flesh, it'll lead you into making some bad decisions. The Holy Spirit versus the enemy competing for your mind, competing for your soul and your body from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep and sometimes even in your dreams. Be holy, be holy, stay in your word, be holy. Seek his voice, be holy, don't be led astray, be holy. How many people know we can't entertain every voice out here? Everybody doesn't have a say in your life what you do, what you don't do, what you can do, what you can say. Only Jesus can, can govern my life, hallelujah. With all the shouting going on in 2020, you can't please everybody. That's when people start shouting and they got something to say. And they ain't got no Bible in it? 
I ain't got no time. I'm sorry. If you shouting and you ain't got no Bible in it, I don't got no time. That's just what it is. If the shouts ain't edifying you, if what they're shouting isn't building you up, if what they're shouting doesn't line up with scripture, come on somebody, if what they're shouting doesn't line up with Holy Spirit conviction, if what they're shouting is coming from a prideful place instead of a place of peace, then it's probably going to lead to chaos, corruption, <laughs> confusion, <laughs> disorder. Well, my God is a, is, a, is a God of peace. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And just because they shouting doesn't mean you got to listen to them. We can't be out here entertaining voices who ain't equipped to handle our responsibilities. Don't entertain voices who are not equipped to handle your responsibilities. Make statements. You ain't got to ask them no questions. Just make statements. We already know what time it is. We know the truth. Pilate is the one who was supposed to be upholding justice. He knew Jesus was innocent. He didn't, he didn't know that Jesus was the truth, the way and the life, but he did know that at least that Jesus was innocent. See, when you know the truth, you, 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 you exercise your authority. You stand firm. You make bold declarations. You take charge, but Pilate, Pilate chose to get the popular opinion as if he didn't already know the truth of Jesus' innocence. And sometimes, like Pilate, we'll mess around and muzzle our convictions. We'll put tape over the mouth of our consciences and inquire the voice of popular opinion. How is it that Pilate, the governor, the military leader, the voice of Caesar, who's the, 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 the most powerful man at the world, in the world at this time, how is it that Pilate is being bossed around by a crowd that he's supposed to be governing? Oh, that sounds familiar, right? Woo! Why is Pilate the one with the authority entertaining voices who are not equipped to handle his responsibilities? Who's the governor here? Why is the one who's supposed to have the, the authority asking the crowd questions? When he should be making statements. Mm. See, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, you shouldn't have to ask no questions. We already know the truth. You ain't got to ask no questions. We already know what time it is. <laughs> Make statements. Are you asking questions or are you making statements? Make statements. Is any believers in this house? Make statements. Jesus lives. Make statements. Jesus is king. Make statements. Jesus is God. Make statements. Jesus governs my life. Make statements. The light is here. Y'all can't sleep with the light on. The light is here. Make statements. Can anybody in this place make some statements when they step up in the place? Hallelujah. You don't need to ask no questions. You already know the truth. And we got to own up to, to our responsibilities. And be careful who you're lending your ear to. Pilate made the mistake of giving the crowd his ears. Ooh, that created pressure. And pressure bust pipes. Pilate was pressured by the voices of the people. He made the wrong decisions. This all could have been avoided if he would have just exercised his authority. If he would have just covered his ears and went with his convictions. The crowd wasn't equipped to make his decisions for him. Who's making the decisions for you, though? Why are we entertaining voices that ain't equipped to handle our responsibilities? Don't entertain those voices that ain't equipped to handle your job. That ain't equipped to handle your calling. That ain't equipped to handle your duties. Don't entertain those voices. How are things getting flipped around in America? That's how we got things confused now. 
We got politicians siding with popular opinion instead of justice. Kind of like how we got political figures making decisions that only physicians are equipped to make. Or how we get technology gurus with deep pockets influencing the government and deciding on what vaccinations we should take when clearly it should be the medical scientists and the licensed physicians making these decisions for us. Why are we entertaining these voices? Why are things so backwards? Nowadays we have kids making decisions for their parents, governing their household. Oh, but if only the parents would open their Bibles, receive revelation, handle their business, and solidify the family structure by instructing their kids in the ways of the Lord and rightly dividing the word of scripture, then maybe we wouldn't have to lean on the government so much in the first place. I feel like preaching to the, woo, the people that want to hear the truth. Hallelujah. Ah. We got to stand firm out here. Stand for justice. In today's text, we got straight up chaos, man. What is good? Tell me, tell me what this sounds like. I'm about to read what's going on. You tell me if it's modern day or if it's Jesus day. You ready? In the text, we have chaos, confusion, lies, unrest, manipulation, injustice, protests, corruption, death, and a riot almost ensues. What are we talking about here? And you telling me that my, my Bible is not right? You telling me that my God don't live? You telling me that the Bible don't talk about what's really going on in this country, in our world? Hey, my God knows what time it is. Do you? That sound a lot like 2020. <laughs> As we read the scripture, a couple of questions arise. Where is the justice? Where is the truth? Who represents what is right? and morally just amongst all this chaos and confusion is it the chief priests is it the leaders is it the elders and the scribes no not quite maybe it's the political figures maybe it's maybe it's Herod the, the ruler of the Jews with the jurisdiction to surely serve justice no it ain't him either okay maybe it's Pilate with his political power and the Roman influence no no it's not him either where's truth in today's world Amongst all our chaos and confusion, where is justice? Who represents what is morally right amongst this modern day madness? Pilate didn't see Jesus worthy of death. Neither did Herod. Hmm. The cries to crucify him, they didn't come from the governor. It didn't come from the ruler. It didn't come from Pilate or Herod. Okay, it didn't come from the political figures. It came from the chief priests, the elders, and the scribe. Mm. Okay, so the cries to crucify Jesus came from God's people. Oh. Sometimes it's not the political figures that nail them to the cross. Sometimes it's the people of God. Listen, when we fail to take a stand against injustice, we shall crucify him. Sometimes it's not the government, it's the church. When we fail to speak the truth of God, and conform to the crowd, we shall crucify him. It's not the political figure's fault, it's the church. When we fail to protest ungodliness in this world by the way that we live our lives, we shall crucify him. Only God gets to decide what's morally right. But when the church is apathetic to the agenda of the politicians and the government officials and we pledge more allegiance to our political party than we do to the Prince of Peace, then by default we are shouting crucify him. How can we be extreme radical left wing? How can we be extreme radical right wing? 
when we should be more concerned about the spirit of God descending upon us like a dove indwelling inside of us. I don't care about no American eagle. I need the spirit of God living inside of me at the temple of God. Hallelujah. It's gotten to the point where I'd rather pick a booger than pick a, pick a president. <laughs> but we take more allegiance with, 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 with our political parties than we do with the king. How can we be more concerned with these things? Our bodies are the temple. We are to occupy territory until Jesus comes back and protests the ungodly ways of this world. We are called to stand out. The voices of the crowd were protesting Pilate's decision to beat and release Jesus. Verse 23 says the mob shouted louder and louder demanding that Jesus be crucified and their voices prevailed. So what does your protest look like? Oh, that's say a bad word. Don't let the media turn this word into something it's not. A protest is an expression or a declaration of objection and disapproval. What are you declaring? Are you making statements? What are you declaring? Moses telling Pharaoh, let my people go, yeah, that's a protest. Let my people go, yeah, that's a protest. The Apostle Paul's appeal to Caesar for being unjustly beaten. In front. Come on, that's a protest. They try to tell Daniel he couldn't pray to his God. He said, oh, yes, I can. Watch, I'll show you. I'm about to go ahead and open up these windows. You want to see? You want to see? I'm about to pray heaven down. You want to see? That's my protest. What's your protest look like? That's my protest. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we will not bow. We will not pay homage to you. We will not pay homage to no idols. And you can throw us in that fiery furnace. And my God will save us. And even if he doesn't, hey, that's a protest. John the Baptist protests sexual immorality to Herod's face. That's a protest. The whole life of Jesus Christ was a protest against the ungodliness in this world, against the powers that be. That's a protest. We have to stand out amongst the crowd. There's a lot of competing voices, competing for your heart, competing for your mind. They out here for your soul. But when we protest, we let the whole world know you can't have, <laughs> you can't have what God already won my whole life. My whole life is a protest. You say, okay, Pastor, then what should we protest, though? What, what, what should we protest, though? How about we start with, how about we, how about we protest the demonic voices? Oh, but when you talk about demons, why the church flee? How about we start with the demonic voices? Demonic voices were ultimately behind the schemes and lies of the chief priests and the, and the leaders of the Jews. Demonic voices, yeah, they're out here, and you, and you gotta know that. They're out here. We could talk about demons in this church. They out here. They're behind a lot of what you're seeing in 2020. Yeah, they out here. Satanic manipulation stirred up the crowd to shout, kill Jesus. And we must protest satanic voices that are shouting defund the police. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. While the media misdirects us and makes us focus on the evil cops that'll put a bullet in you, what about all the good cops that'll take a bullet for you? 
What about all the good cops that'll do CPR on your family until they pass out? Come on, somebody, we gotta be a protest in this place. Protest the ungodliness in this world. Hallelujah. The kingdom of hell takes advantage of the church's idleness and apathy. We gotta stand up, we gotta protest the demonic voices that penetrate government legislation and creep into vulnerable pregnant women's ears telling them that it's okay to abort their babies while it's full term. What's going on in this place? Demonic voices, we gotta stand up. We gotta stand up. Church, we gotta stand up. We gotta stand up to the demonic voices. Got people out here sacrificing their children on the modern day altar of Moloch. Protest the demonic voices, stand up. Stand up and protest the demonic politicians passing laws to make pedophilia acceptable. Molestation of our kids is running rampant. Hollywood is glorifying it. Netflix is promoting it. America is consuming it. Is there anybody that can say my whole life, my whole life, my whole life will be a protest for the ungodliness in this world. My whole life will be a protest against the ungodliness. My whole life. We gotta ask Heavenly Father, pull back the veil. Pull back the veil, Lord, pull back the veil. Heavenly Father, pull back the veil. Pull back the veil on the evil in this country. Pull back the veil, Lord, expose it. Expose it, expose it, oh God. Pull back the veil on the sexual immorality and molestation of our children in this country. Pull back the veil, they can't hide from you. They can't hide from you, God. Pull back the veil on the evil in this country. Pull back the veil on the deception in our government. Pull back the veil on the corruption in the politics. Pull back the veil in Jesus' name. We got to stand for truth out here. This is not an easy word. I didn't get all excited about this. I didn't. Preparing this was difficult. We have to stand for truth. The disciples were nowhere to be found because the Bible says they, they fleed upon Jesus' arrest. They ain't have the Holy Spirit. What's your excuse? God is so good. Ha! Jesus died so we could be filled with his spirit and proclaim the truth. Proclaim the truth. We get to be his mouthpiece. With so many competing voices in this world, we are called to be the loudest. Amen? We are called to be the loudest. We get to be the voices of the king. See, Jesus stayed quiet. He stayed quiet in front of his accusers. He stayed quiet during his trial. He stayed quiet on the cross. He stayed quiet in the face of mockery so that we could have voices. He stayed quiet so that we could hear his voice. He stayed quiet so we could have a voice. He stayed quiet so we can be his voice. So we got a choice to make. God is saying, okay, America, what do you want? Is this what you want? You want to kill my son and free Barabbas? 
What is it, America? Is it Barabbas or Jesus? See, we say crucify him and give us Barabbas. It just sounded a little different in 2020. We say crucify him and give us pornography. Kill Jesus and give us drug addiction. Kill Jesus and give us sexual immorality. Crucify him and give us drug abuse, hatred and idolatry. Crucify him. Give us anything but Jesus. Crucify him and give us what we want. Give us anything but him. Because if we give them Jesus, then they know they got a problem on their hands. Then they know they got to deal with him. Then they know they got to surrender to him. Then they'll know that he is Lord. Then they'll know that they got to live by a code. Then they'll be high, held to a higher standard. Then only God gets to decide what's morally right in this country. But they say kill Jesus and give us idolatry. Even as believers, we sin every day. We're not exempt from this. I hope that gives us a little perspective tonight. So many people would rather crucify Jesus because they want freedom. Oh, but only if they know that freedom was only found in Jesus. True freedom is only found in Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important for us to be the voice. God is so good, though. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Christ died for us. He died for us. And he set us free. Imagine how Barabbas was feeling. Barabbas probably never would have thought he'd be pardoned for what he had done. You can go ahead and turn off the lights. Barabbas probably never would have thought he would be a free man again. He probably was thinking about escaping or breaking out of prison with his thug self. He probably was thinking about his impending doom and, 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 and death that lurked around the corner. Barabbas probably thinks freedom's never going to come. Not his way. If anybody in this place has ever been saved before, then you probably know what Barabbas was feeling like at that very moment. If anybody's ever been saved from death, wait a minute, that sounds like, sound like believers, right? Like, we've all been, been Barabbas at some point. We've all been set free. We've all been pardoned for what should have killed us. God is amazing. Amen? <laughs> if you could just stand to your feet with me tonight.